welcome back to another episode of Beneath It All. This is your host, Suzanne Gillies. And today I'm joined by Bita Nelson. Bita is a seven-time All-American here at Wisconsin, has broken so many records in swimming. Bita, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Bita, Bita, (laughs) Bita. It's funny because as I was kind of coming up with the theme and the question of this podcast, the theme of, or like the sound of Bita came in my head. I thought that was great. I was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to implement this into my podcast and I'm interviewing her. I like it. I'm going to use it. Yes. So how's your day going? How is swimming? How is training and stuff? It's good. We're kind of in the peak of training right now. We had our first meet last week against UW-Green Bay. We got the win, which is okay. awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, school's kind of picking up. Right. So I got a lot going on, but I'm happy to be here. Okay, I'm happy for you to be here. I'm happy we're conversating. I get to know you because, as all of you know, Beneath It All is a podcast that digs in that beneath the jerseys, accolades, accomplishments, we're humans and we have stories to tell. And Bia, you have an amazing story to tell. Well, what's the story? (laughs) Yeah, so kind of the first question I want to ask you is, coming into college, it wasn't something that was normal for you. You had had a different situation that happened in a period, especially the summer coming to your fall um, school year. So can you kind of talk about that situation a little bit and, you know, give a story? Yeah, so um, when I was being recruited, um, I wasn't looking at Wisconsin really at all. Um, I was kind of looking to go out west or somewhere in the south and kind of just get a fresh start. But um, my mom ended up being diagnosed with stage four metastatic breast cancer. And um, I kind of realized that my college journey could be anywhere. And if it meant being close to my mom or here, if anything ever happened. Yeah. Um, that was super important to me, so I kind of narrowed my search to like the Big Ten a little bit more. Um, but yeah, and I was also going through a lot of stuff personally. I was like undiagnosed, undiagnosed, but probably dealing with an eating disorder mm. going into my senior year, through my senior year into yeah. college. Um, so I wasn't doing well myself, and then I had kind of a lot of stuff going on in my personal life with my family. So it was a pretty hard adjustment coming yeah. into college. Well, those two, I, I couldn't even imagine, like I was saying before, having to deal with my mother with an illness and trying to be there for her. But like you said, on top of that, you were dealing with personal you know, issues. And for those that don't know, mental health is very prominent within sports and I think even swimmers. Yeah. The body image, you know, wanting to be smaller or be, you know, stronger, that's something that's hard to deal with. Mm-hmm. So. I guess your your freshman year, how was how was swimming for you? How yeah, how was it? It was rough. Um, I mean, I came in highly touted. Like, was supposed to contribute at the conference level, at the national yeah. level. You know, be competing for national championships, and I wasn't anywhere near where they thought I would be physically, mentally. I was struggling, mm. and my whole year was just. Um, I think kind of labeled by the swimming community and like outsiders as a disappointment. Yeah. And so um, my freshman year was not one that I really enjoyed per se. (laughs) Um, But I think part of my journey was going through that for a very specific reason. Yes. Because if I hadn't gone through that and learned what I did through that experience, I would not be where I am now. So. And the theme of this podcast is going to be, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. Mm -hmm. So you went through so much adversity your freshman year, right? 
how did you transition into that into your sophomore year? Were you still going through that same type of battle with your mom and eating disorder? Did, you, did it get better? Yeah. Um, eating disorder. It got better. I physically got better. Um, I gained. I lost about thirty-five pounds, okay. um, which was when it when it was out at its worst. Yeah. Um, and then I gained probably like twenty of that back leading into my sophomore year. So I was. A, around where I, in a low end, where yeah. I normally would be. Okay. So that was good, you know, physically I was doing a lot better. Um, my mom's diagnosis was, obviously it's not good. Yeah. Stage four is never what you wanna hear. Um, but she was put on an experimental chemotherapy drug that has basically, since she started it, kept her cancer spots out of bay. Ooh. So she's living with cancer and will be forever, but this drug is helping her live basically normal, which is crazy. Right. So that was very reassuring for me going into, I think my sophomore year, things were kind of a little bit more like, oh, okay, like there's always a possibility that something mm. could go wrong, but I wasn't always like, my mom's going in for surgery or my mom has to go do this or we're not sure how things are doing. Yeah. It was kind of at a stable point more okay. in that way. So you weren't thinking about it all the time? It wasn't like... no. Okay. It used to consume my mind. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was just like, what if my mom, like, doesn't make it out of surgery? What if my mom has a complication? What if this drug doesn't work? Ooh. And then it was kind of like, okay, you know, things are going well. We're at a point where yeah. she doesn't have to go in for scans every three months. Now it's every six months. So she was making steps in a positive direction. Right. Yeah. While she was going through steps and making progress, you were as well. Like, yeah. you say you gained 30 pounds back that you had lost. What did you do or how did you, did you meet with a nutrition to help you with gaining those pounds back? Yeah, I met with Aaron Berg, who's a nutritionist at UW who works specifically with swimming. Um, and basically just like a lot of an eating disorder is the mental piece of it, mm -hmm. like learning how to eat normally again. So the way that I displayed my disorder was essentially I was like cutting calories I basically cut out all processed food and just okay. would eat like ser based on serving sizes. So I used like a like a calorie calculator okay. and would just like eat a certain amount of calories. This all stemmed from me going to see a non-sports specific nutritionist yeah, yeah. who did not know the amount of like calories I was burning a day, how much I was working out, and basically yeah. told me to eat like 2,000 calories, and I was burning over 5,000 calories a day. What? So that led to my rapid weight loss. Facts. Yeah. And I think that going to say like when you meet or are with someone that doesn't really know much about the sport, yeah. it's hard for them to even help you out. Yeah. And even like help you out or like gear you towards the right eating yeah. um, or the right foods. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm happy that you ended up figuring it out and getting back It took on me track. like a year or two, almost two, to like figure out that I, it yeah. had turned into like an issue for me, you know? Right. Like I had been hyper-focused on how much like each thing, how many calories were yeah. in a thing or what serving size or how much it weighed, my chicken weighed or like yeah. how much rice I was eating. So I was measuring out everything. Yeah. And then just, I didn't even see the weight loss until I got into like a racing suit, okay, and it was like hanging off of me. Wow! And, so and that I was really like, gave you like a moment. Whoa! Like, wow! Wake up call. Ooh. And then I competed okay. and could barely finish a race because you were so exhausted. Yeah, I just had no energy. I had no like muscle mass gone. Like everything, I was like t 
teeny. Now, what year this was? Your sophomore year? This was my freshman year. Freshman year. Okay. And then as that progressed through, you know, like I in swimming, buoyancy is really important. Like the ability to kind of float yeah. on the water and feel the water. And I had completely lost that. Wow. But going, How do you feel that buoyancy? Is it from like muscle? Mass? Yeah, a lot like, of it is muscle mass, strength. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it, there's a certain amount of like fat to muscle ratio yeah. that really helps me like peak my performance. Right. And I had lost that balance completely. Wow. And then going into my sophomore year, I kind of got that back, you know. Um, I think it had turned more from personal and, like, mental struggle to, like, a battle with loving the sport Mm. or trying to prove myself to other people. Yeah. So um, it had kind of changed from, like, ooh, like, I really am struggling. My life is hard because my mom is sick or because I'm sick or because I have all this going on. It was like, am I being supported by my teammates? Am I being supported by my coaching staff? And I didn't really feel a lot of that. Okay. And so that became the struggle. Yes. Into my sophomore season. Crazy. I think a lot of of student athletes, but just athletes in general, don't always feel the support from their teammates or Mm -hmm. coaches. And it's sometimes tough on them. Yeah. And it could be, it makes the situation even worse. Mm -hmm. So how did you find that that connection with your coaches or teammates throughout that process? Or did they come and kind of find you where you were at? Um, I think my teammates and I kind of, um, like, met in the middle in a way. Um, I definitely was known as somebody to be very emotional because I went through a lot my freshman year and I would, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. Like, I can't hide that. Hey. There's no way. And so I was kind of like, okay, I need to get my emotions in check, but when right. I am really struggling, make sure I still reach out to people. Fact, fact. And so um, I had some really good friends on the team that I could confide in and that, um, you know, were there for me through everything okay. and kind of I had known actually previously from something through through high school with them yeah and they were people who were there for me okay um my coaching staff it was a little harder because we'd gone through a lot of coaching change and Definitely each tough. year we like lost a coach got a new coach lost a coach yeah. got a new coach in um, the two years two years <clears throat> or every year every single year there was like an assistant coach left and an assistant coach came mm. and then my junior season we completely switched coaching staffs. So my coach got fired and then we got a new coaching staff completely. So I've been through a lot of coaching wow. switch up. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna refer back to a point that you made. You said that a lot of people, where you, for instance, like you wear your emotions on your sleeve, mm-hmm. right? I feel like for me personally, like I sometimes do it, it varies depending upon, upon the situation, but I feel like I'm very like positive and loving. Yeah. And so people always, um, they always think, okay, just cause I'm loving and caring that I'm not going through anything yeah. or, you know, but I'm happy that you were able to find that stability or show your emotion on your sleeve and show like, hey, I'm not okay. Yeah. Because I feel like sometimes hiding it can it's really, oh, girl, it can get worse. And <laughs> Bottle I that it, up and whoo. Right. And it leads to, it leads to like you having a breakdown. Yes. So like, I feel like I've learned in the recent years to like talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like my strategy is like writing, writing it down. So like That's I the best. used a bullet journal recently. Journaling. Yeah. Bullet journal has like really helped me out. And yeah. like just talking to family members, but also teammates too, because that, that helps because we always feel like we're going through it alone mm-hmm. when really in reality we're not. We're You're all going through it at the same time right next to each other. Seriously. Yeah. 
So how did you lean on your teammates? Did you just like go up to them or say, hey, let's go get food? Like what was your strategy? Yeah, I think I'm kind of a hermit. Like when I struggle, I kind of isolate myself a lot. And I noticed that. Um, so, <laughs> but my teammates, I think kind of recognized that and would kind of pull me out of my, yeah. my den. That's important. So um, that's always like a sign. I think when I reflect on my, the friends that I've made over my time in college yeah, and yeah. just through swimming, um, a lot of the ones that are real and the ones that like I know will last a lot mm. longer are the ones that of people who are willing to like help me help in those you and times. Help be there for you. Yeah. That's, a, that's important. You need people to be by your side and say, hey, I'm here for you. And, yeah. and you're not here alone. Yeah. That's so important. Yeah. You know, and I'm happy that they were there for you. And man, that's just it's important. Yeah. When you're going through issues like that. And you've definitely had a hell of a journey. Yeah. <laughs> now let's kind of transition talking about your junior year. You really broke, you really took that adversity that you went through your first year and your sophomore year and really you destroyed your junior. Like you really, you killed it. Let's kind of talk about that. Yeah. You talk about what you, you know, what you did your junior year. So, so the viewers know. Um. So my junior season was a yes. good one. Yeah. <laughs> um. My sophomore year, I ended at NCAA's. I won two Big Ten championships and got yeah. second in the, in the other, and then. Um, at NCAA's, I got a second place, a third place, and a sixth place. And then my junior season, yeah. I won all three Big Ten events. Wow. And then um, was named Big Ten Swimmer of the Year. Yeah. Then I moved on to NCAA's, and I won three national championships, and then won CSCSA or whatever it is, Swimmer of the believe, Year. Can you believe, like, you did all of these things, but your story is it's so much deeper than that. Mm. But I think that drives you, right? Yeah. What you've been through has really helped you become who you are now. Yeah. As you reflect back on that, what are you, what are you thinking? What's in your mind as you're reflecting back from your soft, freshman, sophomore year and junior year? It's crazy. Now? I mean, I kind of said this, but like, if I hadn't gone through what I did, yes. I would not be where I am. Like, no way. I would not have matured enough to cope with, I ripped a, a tech suit at the meet, like 15 minutes before I raced at NCAA's you, were, were this year. Were you mad or what? Nothing. I was unfazed. Oh. Okay. But like a year ago, yeah. I would have been a mess. Sad. Or my freshman year, that would have completely changed how I competed. Yeah. But my junior season, after having gone through all that stuff, I think I learned to compartmentalize. I learned, you know, to control the controllables. That's something that I've struggled with That's forever, all you can do. right? Yeah. Because what can you do? Nothing. If you giving emotion to something you can't control only makes the situation worse. Yes. Doesn't help. Yeah, yeah. So like that was something that I think helped me mature as a person, as an athlete, like just in general, like all facets of my life. Going through what I did helped me to be where I am, which mm. allowed me to deal with and adapt to situations that led me to yeah. my success this past year. It's funny because my dad always, always told me that you're gonna go through battles. Mm -hmm. God's gonna throw you curves, and he's gonna throw things at you that might feel like, oh my God, this is crazy. There's no way. I can't handle this. Yeah. But he, and I think within your story, God's not gonna give you anything that you cannot handle. Right. So he gave you all of that in the beginning of your college career to really help you build and become a better competitor, human, woman, sister, whatever the case may be. Yeah. 
which is awesome. Mm -hmm. And I'm so happy that you were able to like go through that or just see you go through that because now you're at the top of your game. You're at the peak. Yeah. And talking about that, you're gonna be a, you're trying to be in the Olympics in the 2020, right? Yeah, so the Olympic trials happens the summer after I graduate. Okay. So I'll finish the season, graduate in May, and then in June, in June is the Olympic trials. Wow. So um, in order to make the finals, mm -hmm. which the final heat are the people who compete for the two spots in each event, okay. you have to be top eight. And You're already top eight. So, 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 like even yeah, so <laughs> I have a shot. So, yeah, um, yeah. you know, um, I... It's it's different because I swim short course yards in college season, but to make the Olympics, you have to swim in long course meters. Oh. So I'm not as good in long course meters as I am in the college season during when I swim shorter yeah. um, events, but you know, I'm not gonna count myself out. No, this no. has been a dream of mine forever. No. Let's get and, it. Let's <laughs> yeah. go after it. Right? And um, if it doesn't work out in 2020, you know, there's 2024 yeah. and 2028. Like I, my my mission is not is not over. Not over. Not mm -mm. to give up. Nope. You, you didn't come this far to give up on your dreams. Nope. Because you've been through so much, but you're gonna keep stacking those bricks and keep going after it. Mm -hmm. Now we talked about it a little bit. Um, you majored in psychology. Mm -hmm. Uh, what what made you want to go into psychology? Um, <clears throat> I think it stems from high school actually. Uh, I had two like advanced placement psychology teachers who okay. just like got me. You know, I would sit in their office for lunch like okay. three times a week because yeah. they I would go through figuring out where I wanted to go to college and what I wanted to do with my, the rest of my life or how you know how my life was kind of kind of pan out and they just knew how to talk me through that and a lot of that period of time was you know dealing with me not being okay because that yeah. was kind of when I physically and mentally kind of started to deteriorate a little yeah, bit yeah. and um, I remember Mr. Ray is his name and uh, he kind of sat me down and asked me like hey what do you want to do when you go to college like what do you want to study and I was like, oh, I think I want to do kinesiology. I want to be a PT. I want to be this or I want to go to med school. Yeah. And he was like, are you sure? And I was like, well, I don't really know because I haven't had any experience. I'm in high school. You're like, that's just kind of what I think. Okay. And then he was like, I imagine you as a psychology teacher at a small liberal arts Ooh. school. I think it's funny how like a lot of people in your life can know or see the greatness in you and, and feels like that, or even just feels in general. That's cool that he gave you like a signal, like, hey, yeah. I think you'd be great in this, because we don't always see it. Right. So it's like having those people around you that mm -hmm. that want to see greatness and be like, yeah, I think you'd be awesome in this. Yeah. Give you that feedback that you need. Mm -hmm. And I you think know? he kind of recognized, like, ooh, like, are you, do you want to be in the medical profession because you want the paycheck? Yeah. Or do you want to do it because you actually are interested in that? That's facts. A lot of people go after the money. Yeah. When it's like, you have to go after what you're passionate about and what you're going to be happy with right. after you, like, once you leave the job. I'm think about being this. a doctor and doing like 20 years of school and then you get to yeah. your profession and you absolutely can't stand it and every day is awful. Oh, that's horrible. Like, I would, I would trade that for working in like any setting yeah. for any pay yeah. if it meant that I got to go to like work every day and loved my job facts like it's so liberating yeah and I've seen it in in my parents or in 
like adults that are in my life, mm -hmm. like watching them go and do something that they're passionate about. Even my older sister, she's teaching like a gym class okay. at a elementary school downtown Madison right now. And she was meant to be a teacher. Yeah. She comes home every day talking about how like, this one kid yelled this thing and she yeah. had to sit down in the middle of the gym and teach him a lesson or something. But you can tell that she just loves what she's doing. Good, good. And like, that's what I want to end up being. Right, right. In a position is like, I don't know where my psychology degree will take me per yeah. se, but wherever it does, I just want it to be somewhere where I love what I'm doing. Let's be there. That's awesome. You love what you're doing now with swimming, but you're also figuring out what you love to do academically yeah. or in the career world of just a job, you know, yeah. after swimming, because you just know, you never know. Sports don't always last forever. Oh, no, they you don't. Know, so figuring that <laughs> out. Bita, thank you for joining my podcast, Beneath It All. I'm, I was happy to be able to speak with you about your story. Of because course. like I said before, beneath every jersey, accolades, whatever the case may be, we have stories to tell. Yeah. And I was happy I was able to dig that out of you and learn more about you. I appreciate it. Thank you all for tuning in to Beneath It All. Another episode will be coming soon. I appreciate you all. Give me feedback and suggestions. DM me on my Instagram. Uh, DM me on Twitter as well as message me on Facebook. Thank you all. Woo! Get it. <laughs>